Hello, welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Asban, here with my friend Chavruta and Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Yuma, daf Pei Chet, page 88. We are at our last daf. It is hard to believe that we're wrapping up another Masachet. As we know in true daf Yomi form, tomorrow we will be on to the next Masachet. Uh, even though we are finishing this uh, on a Thursday, uh, we will, God willing, be having our Siyam together with our Talking Talmud community on Sunday. Uh, as a reminder, the Siyam is dedicated in memory of Shani Aronofsky Wiener, Shoshana Bat Mordechai Nachman Umiriam, by my very dear friends Deborah and Jay Solomon and family. Uh, Shani was a Ohevet Torah and loved to learn and would have enjoyed talking Talmud as much as the Solomon family does. And for me personally, as Jay and Deborah are very dear friends, this uh, being able to dedicate the Siyam in Shani's memory uh, is very, very meaningful to me. Um, so, but let's finish up this stuff. So as we were discussing the stuff and um, looking at it, this was one of these stuffs where we were struck by the Gemara is written by men. Um, I think if I were going to end our Masachet on, uh, you know, of, of Yuma, about talking about Yom Kippur, of our holiest day of the year, I probably would have ended it with some of what was on Daf Pei Vav or Pei Zion, right? Some of this discussion about the meaning of Teshuva, maybe how to do the Vidoy, maybe ending it with our discussion of what the content of Ni'ila is and elaborating a little bit more about the Tefillah of Ni'ila. There's almost absolutely nothing on it. It's more just, you know, is it a Shemona Esrei or not a Shemona Esrei? But there's not a lot there about Ni'ila itself. And instead, the Gemara gets into a very lengthy, Amud al, you know, Amud long discussion about uh, who, you know, about having to do Tevila on Yom Kippur itself. And finally, ending with a discussion of what do you do if somebody sees a carry, right? If you see a seminal omission on Yom Kippur itself. Now, we know that was a whole issue with the Kohen Gadol, right? We wanted to avoid making sure that the Kohen Gadol would not become a Baal carry the morning of Yom Kippur when he was going to have to do the Avoda. And you remember all at the beginning of Masachad Yuma, there was this discussion about avoiding certain foods or eating certain foods or keeping him up all night. But we sort of end up in that same place again. And again, this is a male concern. It is not a concern for women. And so I think you just sort of, at least for me, finish this Masachet and it's just, it's a little underwhelming. You're just like, huh, this is where they wanted to end it. Okay. And I guess we'll move on to Sukkot next month and tomorrow. <laughs> so <clears throat> like you, I, I found this, I don't usually say, oh, the Gemara was written by men. I mean, yes, of course, the Gemara was written by men, but I, I don't, I'm not usually struck by that as an awareness in the content of the Dapin. Here, I think that it really is very prominent in the contents because, you know, if we're looking at Yom Kippur as a, with, on the one hand, we've talked about how it was a joyous day, but there's also tension in the day. And there's a concern over what would happen if, you know, if somebody has a seminal mission on Yom Kippur and then he has to still what, dunk in the mikvah on Yom Kippur, will his, at what point, you know, does this, how does this all work out? And then not only that, what, you know, to what extent is this an indication, right, that something went wrong for him with regard to Yom Kippur? That's the very last passage on the daf. Um, so, I feel like this is the kind of thing that may well have been, I presume it was, a constant awareness on the part of rabbinic, you know, rabbinic Jews in the era of, of 
where where dunking was part of where Tuma and Tara in general were part of the way they lived regularly. So that was another thought I wanted to say. Besides the the authorship issue, um, I think that it's not surprising to me that the Gemara, the same way that it came back around to Karbonot, it comes back to Tumentara. And as much as the men are very prominent on this page, there's also a recognition. What about Anida? What about a woman after childbirth? Meaning there's all kinds of people who need to dunk in a mikvah, you know, because of a sudden occurrence of Tuma. Now, for the most part, a first of all, a childbirth is not a sudden occurrence. You know it's coming in that regard. And likewise, menstruation. For the most part, there's some awareness of when it's going to happen. But there's still a recognition that it well could be that the time for dunking, which might fall out to be in Kippur, and then what are you supposed to do? So this is exactly the discussion of a of a day that is peppered with questions of, of purity and impurity that we do not think about today. I, there are go to the mikvah before Yom Kippur. We certainly it's a men, minhag, a practice for many men. I know some women who go as well. I think that minhag is becoming is gaining traction, but that's symbolic in a different kind of way than a time when the Beit Hamikdash was, you know, prominent and the question of what you could do with I don't know pure food, right? Could you eat kudjim? Could you not? Eat? There's there's so many factors in a daily kind of awareness of tumantara that we simply do not have today. It does not surprise me both that the Gemara's discussion of seminal mission is prominent here because I think this was surely a, a constant awareness of a worry or at least attention for the men. And likewise, this awareness of Tumantara being really, you know, dictating how the day was going to pan out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I look, I respect that piece of it, but. Yeah, I could have ended. <laughs> so maybe this will do it for you. And the very last passage here, and it's kind of hard to find it, I think. I was reading closely because it really is about Haro Akeri Bioma Kippurim, somebody who sees an emission of semen on Yom Kippur, right? This is, but that we've already talked about. What I found interesting here is Yidag Kol Hashana Kula, Ve'im Altaloshana, Muvtach Lo, Shuhu Ben Olam Haba, meaning, Somebody who sees a seminal mission on Yom Kippur is going to worry that his tefillot and atonement of Yom Kippur or tshuva of Yom Kippur before Yom Kippur were not accepted. And like that is part of the rejection. But if he makes it through that next year, meaning following that Yom Kippur, and he makes it to the next Yom Kippur, then the Gemara says he can be confident. He has he is assured that he is a ben olam haba, that you know, that he has achieved exactly the, the highest level of what this atonement could bring, presumably. And that, I think, is also a, a profound statement. We don't have to attach it to one who is concerned about having seen Kerry. We can talk about, in general, you know, the idea of when you repent, you know, how do you know that your tefillah is accepted? The day atones for you. But then what happens the following year? So the Gemara here says, give it another year and then you'll know. So I, I would agree. I think it does try to end sort of on a little bit of a nicer note that maybe I'm giving it credit for. Um, and I think this passage is sort of speaking to the fear that we have, right? Uh, that, you know, uh, that maybe our atonement didn't actually work. I think that's also part of it. And then just one last line. At the very end of this whole discussion, which is the very end of this masachet, ki ata ravdimi, 
So Rev Dimi comes and he becomes part of this conversation that is taking place. He says, Now, all of that means is one should live a long life and grow and raise others. But it's in the context of the person who has seen Kerry, seen Simon on Yom Kippur. And when Rav Dimi comes, what's he doing? He's coming from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. And he says that this is a sign of long life, that one will grow to raise others. Meaning, there seems to be something, you know, you want to talk about a Gemara that, that turns the whole discussion on its head. This Gemara says, in fact, it's a positive thing if one sees, if a man were to see Kerry on, on Yom Kippur itself. And it seems to be an illusion, and now this is in the notes, that um, for, to a Pasuk and Yishayel, you know, that he will see his seed, his Zerah, and he will indeed prolong his days. So so the Gemara is ending on, I think, a, a supremely positive note. It's just farther removed from our normal sensibilities, both because of Tumantara and because we're women. That, that's also for, uh, for sure true. And, you know, I'll just end this with sort of a closing note on Masach Yuma, that I think throughout this Masachat, up until this last parak, you know, what their emphasis was and what they're talking about is so not, again, how we experience our Yom Kippur today. Um, I've mentioned this point before. And so even ending with the Baal Kari, like even the worry about Yom Kippur is not what many of us, half of the population at least worries about. Um, so there's just, this Masachat was interesting. Like it just was so different than Shuva books that we read or the discussions we have around Yom Kippur. Um, it was just centered around really different themes and ideas. And, you know, I need to think a little bit more. We are coming up to Yom Kippur in a couple of months, you know, how to integrate that. And again, appreciating that Chazal, who was not living at a time when that Avoda was done, wanted to sort of hearken back to that and still make that the primary experience of Yom Kippur. I'm sure if they wanted to, they could have written a Masacha that was entirely philosophical about Teshuvah, but they really chose not to. They chose to make it the practical halachic piece of what it should be like at the time of the Beit HaMikdash. Hadran Allah Yom Kippurim, that's the parak. Vaslika la Masachet Yoma. We have completed here, or at least completed. Yeah, completed. It means that we'll come back, right? We have finished our learning of the Daf Yomi of Masachet Yoma. Tomorrow, Sukkah. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Please join us for our CM, God willing, on July 11th. If you've not registered, there's still time to do so. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, when we begin Masachet Sukkah, God willing, go and learn. <laughs>